Welcome back, everybody. This is episode, I mean, who knows at this point? Time doesn't really matter. Um, we're living in a infinite time loop, it seems like, but... <laughs> This is episode something of the Balcony Chatter podcast, and I episode am... Episode infinity. Every episode <laughs> should be episode infinity from yeah, now Yeah, pretty on. No much. No more episode numbers. Screw yeah, it. Yeah, forget it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is the Balcony Chatter podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Andrew McKenney with my co-host, as always, Tim Taylor. Um, and we have some stuff to talk about today, actually. For being the off-season, we have a lot to talk about. The off-season, it's the exciting part of the NBA for me. It's going to be drawn out. It's going to be slower than I had, I had thought, but I mean, we the NHL's well, underway. It is, but we might as well talk about what we inevitably knew was going to happen anyway. Get uh, it out of the way. Yeah. The, uh, the, Laker, the Lakers win, and well, they actually, to be honest with you, before, before we get into, like, the whole Lakers actually won part, I'm shocked that Miami last, won two games. Resilience. Jimmy Butler's a madman. And also, if you don't at least respect him, you can hate him, but you got to at least respect him. Otherwise, like, I don't understand you as a human being. Jimmy Butler's yeah. the man. Uh, I thought that was an incredible finals performance. Um, injuries, I mean, really make it interesting. Could it have been an even more interesting series? Maybe not. Maybe so. Um, I don't know. Just, you know, the Lakers came out killing in that final game. And, uh, you know, big Kobe vibes. I'm happy for the Bryant family and uh, every Lakers fan who doesn't exist on Twitter. And, um, you know, and LeBron, another ring, and respect to LeBron. And I just, my biggest thing is, oh, and uh, honestly, and Rajon Rondo. Is yeah. he is he the only guy that can do Lake uh, Celtics and then a Lakers and not be like, like have extreme like FU vibes from Boston towards him? I feel like I think I read something that he was only the second player to ever do that. Yeah, he is the second player if you count the Minnesota championships. But I digress. Um, <laughs> so he that's uh, a whole other conversation. He's the, yeah, so he's the second. We'll say he's the second, not the first. Uh, yeah, he's the second guy to do it. But the other guy is like I don't know, Lenny Lenny Stevie Souza. Who's a what's it dude? Like who who knows? That was him. Like yeah, some nobody. Know. Yeah, that was um, him. Yeah, that was him. So I mean. He's the first one to do it Boston to L.A. I mean, and let's be real. The reason that he didn't get, you know, people didn't w give him a hard time is because, I mean, as much of a rat as he is on the on the court, you got to love him. I mean, he's a hell of a player, and he did a lot for Boston to, to win that championship and stuff, you know. So, I mean, I have no problems with it. He, I think he's Boston's not on the got Celtics a huge anymore. soft spot for Rajon Rondo, and they have ever since he left. I do. Yeah. I love Rondo. Congratulations to Rondo, honestly. Yeah, for sure. My biggest thing is that with the playoff Rondo being arguably the third best player at times and uh, KCP maybe being the third best player and uh, Alex the Goat Caruso being sometimes the third best player and then even Kyle Kuzma showing flashes of the third best player, my biggest fear is that that's not going to be the effing case next year. And so this Lakers team is going to look actually terrifying. And so the fact that LeBron and AD were able to do this with who they were able to do it with is uh, a testament to how scary I think next year is going to be. And uh, I hope they don't get like a massive star, but the supporting cast is going to look a hell of a lot better than it did this year, and that is terrifying, I think. Um, so let, let's – I hate to even ask this, but 
do you see the opportunity? It just feel like championships, like when, when teams go on a big run, three-peats seem doable in basketball more than any other sport. So do you see them going on a long run of two to three years like in a row? No, they need that third star for me to fear that. Okay. They need to get like Giannis for me to feel like that's going to happen. Yeah. Just just like when the Warriors did it, they had to get KD to finish it off. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, it's like, it, it is, but I, I think in today's NBA, you know, I don't know if I've talked about this like meme on here before, but the, there was this meme last offseason of uh, – you know, when Kawhi chose the Clippers and everyone was like, he, he could be going to the Lakers. And honestly, no one knew until it happened and the Paul George trade happened and it blew all of our minds. But there was a meme where it was uh, Kawhi as Thanos and he snaps his <laughs> finger and he goes, balance is restored. And I think that just still rings true. Even if they get a better supporting cast, I think they're still the two best like top guys on a team. Uh, but, you know, it's still it, – I don't think it's a surefire bet that they're – like, maybe they're the favorite, but it's a lot more – it's a – it's it, it, every com- – each conference is top-heavy. Like, they, they both have, like, three or four teams that can get after it. And then there's all the talk about, like, like who knows what Miami can do from here. There's all the talk about them getting Giannis in a year and a half – or two years or whatever. Well, it's so just like – it's – I don't know. I, I, who, the, I think the three-peat is actually harder – than the the recent tr- like last twenty years actually shows us or or thirty because there's who, been three three peats in though? thirty years. Like well, is, is it going to be them and the Clippers in the in the finals again to go to the finals? And I mean, what 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 makes the Clippers better, like enough to beat them? You know. Oh, listen, I I maybe the maybe they're far and away favorites in the West. I don't know. I have to see how the West shakes out. I wouldn't be afraid of the Clippers. If I was the Lakers by any means, and you're going to have a better offseason than them. They right. just didn't get it together, and I don't think that's a uh, Doc Rivers issue. As much as I do think Doc Rivers had to move on, other pieces of that locker room have to change in order for that team to, in my mind, be seen as a threat. They just don't get along, and they never figured it out. Like, well, so- I don't know exact, I don't know the details of it, but they, they don't, like, they don't like each other in there. But, like, there's big rifts. Amongst yeah. people and like people were like players were like rolling their eyes at Paul George. It's like, dude, say what you want about how awful of a postseason he had at times this year, but you can't roll your eyes at the, at your second superstar. You gotta buy into right. it. You gotta buy into him a little bit, or at least pretend to. And they were pretty openly just didn't get along very well. So no, yeah. I, I, it's not the Clippers, but like who knows what the Nuggets could do? The Nuggets weren't even really healthy, and they still, you know, they ran. I don't know. It's. We'll see. We'll we'll see what the West has to offer. But yeah, I mean, Lakers. I do think are, are the clear favorite, and I hope they don't add a third star. But dude, the Warriors are coming back, and who knows what the hell that's going to be? And they have the second overall pick, and they can trade that for someone who's very legitimate and be right True. back at the top. Yeah. And everyone thinks Draymond's done because he gave up last year, and it's like I I would have given up last year. What's the point? And he yeah. didn't for a while, and then he just kind of got over it. I just I don't know. There's there's too many moving parts in the NBA in any given year to to really be able to pick a far and, far and away favorite I mean, ever you, since you, KD left the Warriors. Ever since all, last year. All, all good points, but I just, like, you know, my concern is that the team that makes it in the East is not going to be strong enough to beat them. I mean, I think that the Celtics would have matched up better than Miami did with the Lakers, but I also still think they would have lost. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, I mean, but, you got a team coming out of the East that is – an extremely interesting matchup, especially when if you can see if Karis LeVert can get 
into like a premier, maybe an all-star type player, or they can add other people. I think it's going to completely implode, and we'll have Jack Herzog on back, Jack Herzog back on later at some point to defend or talk or whatever about this. But there's a strong, there's a there's a definitely a potential and possibility that the Nets are who is in the Eastern Eastern Conference Finals, winning the Eastern Conference Finals, representing the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals, and I don't know. That's an interesting matchup. I do I bet against KD or LeBron. That's I walk away from that gamble. Yeah. No, I mean that's fair. Like, and that that's just what I'm concerned about is like what team, whether it's East or West, like who beats them as the is the question. And right now we don't know that because I think I think we'll have a lot better of an idea next season, whenever that may be, because you'll like you said you'll see how Golden State's going to do. You'll see how the Nets are going to do. To see if the Clippers do anything, which they won't. But, like, the Celtics, who knows what they're going to do in the offseason as well. It's just, there's a lot of stuff up in the air right now. I mean, you, you kind of can't determine who's going to be where at this point because, we like, it's just so, we have no idea about anything. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it, it I mean, I guess congrats to them, but uh, I, I was hoping there would be another outcome, but... If you believe in any of that conspiracy theory stuff either, I mean, you got to believe that something had to, you know, again, there's people who think like, oh, well, you know, Hurricane Katrina and then the Saints won the Super Bowl and, you know, the marathon bombing and then the Red Sox won the World Series. They think that it's a conspiracy theory that something terrible happens and that team automatically wins. And I don't think that that's true. I think that they're like, you know, something special does happen. When, when there's a tragedy in New Orleans and then the team is what kind of gives the, the city life, it kind of makes them want to play harder and it makes them have this special feeling and stuff like that. So I think that Kobe had a lot to do with that with for the Lakers. I mean, LeBron obviously has an agenda where he always, he, he you know, he's he wants to win the championship every year, of course. But I think this one was a lot more special and it had a lot more meaning for this city like you know for LA and for not just for LeBron himself but for what it meant for everybody so yeah you know it, it's it's always interesting to see what people think as far as conspiracies go but right. um yeah listen conspiracy theory Tim's been here and he's been here about the refs this offseason but I gotta be honest I didn't you know I didn't think twice about the officiating in the finals uh going in either direction I I yeah. really the the refereeing I I felt figured itself out somewhat i mean obviously you're you're not going to think every game is perfectly called but it right. was not as much of a a, a narrative or a storyline coming out of each game so uh, no I, yeah I, I i think that was totally them uh and you know the lakers were the favorites going in and the, the favorites won it there's nothing crazy about that well like i said at the at the top of this it's like i i'm very surprised like i thought it was over in game five i was i was sure i was like there's no way i think you even called four one by the end of the series, like you, you were like, I'll give Miami a game, but I don't think, I don't think they're going to get swept and I don't think they're going to win more than that. Yeah. But, and I, and I was shocked. Like when I looked at the score the next day, I expected to be looking at like confetti pictures and, and, you know, championship hats. And it was like, they, they ended up winning that game and they're going to game six. And I was like surprised. Yeah. Jimmy Butler is just like, that was, that was something else. Something else, and the you know, <clears throat> Hero and Robinson were were kryptonite for the Celtics, and they really disappeared. And they're young, and who knows what happens with them? And 
I don't know, man. It's uh, the Heat are going to be back, and they're going to be good, and they're going to be more experienced, and they're going to be maybe more balanced, and maybe have another piece. And it's just the NBA changes too much, though. I think to really have like strong favorites and whatnot. Yeah. Well, so like you said earlier, we're gonna we plan to have Jack Herzog back on. So I'm really looking forward to that. But I figure that's probably a better time to really dig into the offseason for the NBA. Yeah, I mean, we got until December 1st. They're guessing that we are starting free agency. Maybe we do a little bit of a draft preview. But other yeah. than that, uh, yeah, we'll rifle. I'll, I'll, have a, I'll have a laundry list of names that we should talk about in terms of upcoming unrestricted free agents and maybe some restricteds that might get let go. And, uh, you know, but before all that, we got to figure out what these salary caps are going to look like before we can even talk about it. So plenty yeah. to come. A happy off season, everybody. Congratulations to Los Angeles. And uh, shout out to that guy who was celebrating outside Staples Center in a bubble. You know, uh, I think that's awesome. Congratulations. Living, living his best life in the quarantine. Bubble Boy's a Lakers fan. Who just thought? <laughs> Um, well, so what we do have a lot of stuff to talk about as far as offseason goes is the NHL free agency, which was literally just bananas. Yeah. I mean, talk both of these leagues just find the ways to just completely repaint themselves. Just like they look completely different, I feel like, on a season-to-season basis. The, the goalie situation for pretty much, like, 50% or more of this league has completely shaken up over the free agency this year. Um, but I suppose the first thing that we talk about here is the, you know, the, the elephant in the Bruins locker room right now. And that is us not re-signing Tory Krug. Um, and I don't know how much of this you read into whatsoever, but for those of you who don't know, which I don't think that there's many of you listening to this who don't know, Tory Krug went to the blues for seven years at 45 and a half million dollars. So the last thing that we heard or I should say at this point was speculation on Twitter and stuff like that was that the Bruins had offered him six years at six and a half million. So if you're doing your math, he got an extra year and an extra six and a half million from the blues to go there. Now people are like, why would he leave for, you know, the same price and the same term? It, it's not the same term. He's getting an, an additional six and a half million dollars. Are you going to sit here and like, tell me that you would leave six and a half million dollars on the table? Like you have, you have money for the next seven years and then you're set for life, you know? So, I mean, that's some balcony chatter right there. <laughs> yeah. Saying, it, saying you leave six mil on the table. Exactly. You wish. So, you, wish. you wish. Um, and, and then what, that's why I say, you know, it was kind of speculation that we saw on Twitter because come to find out Tory Krug doing an interview, getting kind of introduced to the media over on the blue side. Somebody had asked him, they were like, look, what was, how, how close were you to staying with Boston? And he said, not close at all. And, and the interviewer was kind of like taken aback a little bit by that because Krug had then go, gone on to say they had offered me a contract last year and then they took the contract away from me and we had no negotiations after that. So this year they had no talks about keeping him on the Bruins. So to me, that's like, that's a bad look for one. Because he's a fan favorite, he's a he's a good defenseman, and he's the quarterback on your power play. You're going to see it's going to be painful this year. It, it, I shouldn't say painful. It's going to hurt mi- not having him on the team, and you guys are going to notice. Like, we're all going to notice that he's not there. Especially because we didn't make very many additions at the the deadline, but or not the deadline, during free agency so far. But 
Um, I wonder if that has a lot to do with players not coming here either. Yeah. So the reason that I say that is because, you know, you you if you're a player and you're thinking about coming to Boston, and then you see Tory Krug, who again is a fan favorite, he's a great player. I don't think that he's worth the contract that he got with the Blues, but that's a different story. But if if say Taylor Hall's looking at this, or or somebody else is looking at it, and they go, well, they don't care about Tory Krug, who's a homegrown talent, and people love him here, they don't care about him. Unless you're Pasta, Marshan, or Bergeron, they don't really care about you. Or McAvoy, you know. So, why would I go somewhere that I don't know that they're gonna be lo- like? It's it, not, none of it is loyalty anymore either. Um, players and, and organizations they don't care about loyalty. They care about money. They care about fans. And you know, a lot of them do care about winning. So they'll trade you away if that's what's best for the team. Yeah. There's very few untouchables on this Bruins team, and I think I, I just said their names like uh, two minutes ago. Bergeron, Marchand, Pasta, McAvoy. That's Wait. pretty much it. So I want to I go back to something you said in the middle of that. Okay. Uh, so we're talking about how him leaving $6 million on the table, like obviously, like you don't leave $6 million on the table. Right. Now you said... Seven years, six million was too much. Do you think what we did offer him was also too much? I I I do really like if you could have got him at yeah. six and a half okay. for five. I'm just making sure because if you didn't, that's yeah. a little ridiculous. No, no, I think five <laughs> is like is where I max out on that. Yeah, five years, and I yeah. even think that that's too much because he's 29 years old. At 35, he's not going to be that old. But like for a small defenseman, and for a guy that who's never been particularly amazing on defense like he's fine he's a fine defenseman I'm not I'm not trying to like um say anything bad about him but he's more offensive and everybody knows that so I think that the Blues are going to see that as well they got a great player they got a long term but they also lost a a very like a number one defensive defenseman so they traded for an offensive guy for a defensive guy and I think they're going to see a big difference there too. And I guarantee you that people are going to start turning on Krug about four years into this deal because they also kind of backloaded this contract a little. So the first couple of years are lower, lower money. And then he starts really getting paid in the middle of the deal where he might start dipping in production. So I, I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm I'm happy to not be paying him 6.5 mil, but I will. The slight de- devil's advocate we can play here a bit is that well, now here we are, mm, a little. What are we halfway through the first week of free agency? Yep. And what have we done to fill that void? What money have we thrown around besides a good move that we both agree on that we we will talk about the Craig Smith move? But what, yeah, what yes. have we done besides that? As we, names, as names just keep going and going and going off the board, right? And, and I so think that's what I can the, get the frustration of not poning up the extra six point yeah. five. Yep. When you're saying, "All right, but what are you saving it for at this point?" Because they're dropping like flies. Do you have a list of like leftover UFA D, D men that you'd want us to get? Um, to be honest with you, like I don't see any defensemen that I think are gonna be like worth it so here's one other thing that really bothered me that i i 
I love Don Sweeney. I, we, I've said this in the past. I, I'm a big fan. Um, he's made some questionable decisions, but he's made some great moves in the past. Charlie Coyle is one of the best trades that we've gotten in the last, you know, over the last 10 years. He's, yeah. He's arguably on the top of that list. Aside from the pickups that we got in 2011, I would say that he is probably one of the best pickups that we've had. So I, when he was asked after um, Krug was gone, you know, obviously Taylor Hall was still in play. Tyler Toffoli was still in play. Um, he was asked about Petrangelo as well. So it was like, hey, we know you're going after uh, after Taylor Hall. We know that you're probably looking at some other um, forwards too, but what's the deal with Petrangelo? And he said, we're not looking at, you know, we're, we haven't had any contact with him, and the, our right side on the defensive end is uh, we're all set. It's like we don't have any – he said, we don't have any room for, for another right-handed defenseman on that side, um, so we're, we're good. It's like you can't entertain talking, at least having the conversation with the top defensive, like, guy out on the market, regardless of whether you're actually going to take him or not. What if he was like, hey, look, it, you know, Vegas wants to offer me this, um, but I've been in the West my whole career, and I don't really want to go to Vegas. I'll come to you guys for – you know, four years at $7 million. It's like, what if he was like, I love Boston, I want to go there, or I like playing there, or something like, or I would like to play there, something. Like, at least entertain and have the conversation because how do you not have one with a, a number one defenseman? Um, Especially also, after mean, how losing. Old, how old is he? He's 30? I don't know. Uh, He's not that old. He's th- Yeah, he's 30. Well, I guess this means they're not going to call Dustin Bufflin up. <laughs> I mean, dude, I would love Dustin Bufflin on the Bruins, but he also hasn't played a game in a while, and um, I think he you would just put him out there to start bashing some heads in. Yeah, I think when you have a number one defenseman on the table, you make your other number one defenseman who's not as much of a number one. He's pretty much a number one, but you make one of them play on the left side. I don't know. Well, but even still, like, so so who's on your right side that you can't, take away that you can't move it's like you know nobody except for McAvoy is is like untouchable on defense I I just don't I don't get it I don't either yeah I uh I think even if you don't I I just I'm I'm of the uh I'm of the mindset that even if you don't think there's any world where this guy can fit in your system at the moment you kick the tires you sit down and have a conversation with him Right. That's just, you just do that for the next time around or whatever. Like, and granted, right. these are like six or seven year contracts they're all getting, but. Well, who knows? Yeah, who knows? You, you might be pleading your case for, for a trade at the deadline. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he, he has an awful time where he's at and you can flip for him. Like, who knows? Just like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand not talking to any talent that's especially top talent, even just to talk to him. I mean, look, look at all the people who like, like when like LeBron was a free agent and all the people are like, please come talk to us. And he's like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But like, you know, they should shoot their shot. For sure. I mean, and that's kind of the same type of thing, right? So like you talk to Petrangelo and you don't think, hey, we're not getting this guy. We know we're not getting this guy, but at least we know where negotiations went. So we know kind of what the market looks like. 
And if we want to go after somebody else, we have sort of like a baseline to base it on. Not quite as good as Petrangelo, but they're still a great defenseman. We can offer them $2 million less. It's like you still have – you gain something from talking to him. Yeah. And, and I think that that goes like the complete blind side that everybody got from Taylor Hall signing with the Sabres. Like I know that we were in conversations with, with him, whether he ever thought about coming here or not. It still it, it helps us because Taylor Hall's a he's a bag chaser, man. He he just wants the money, in my opinion. He says he wants to win. He wants to go to a contender on a short term deal, and he goes to Buffalo. Like, they're not one piece away from winning the cup. So I don't know what he's thinking. But he's on an eight million dollar one year, no movement, no trade clause, all this stuff. So the only way that he'd get traded at the deadline is if he said hey, I'd be willing to move my no trade for this. So we talked to him a bunch. We gave him the whole spiel. Hey, this is, I, I guarantee this is how, like, what happened. We would love for you to come here. You'd play with Krejci, play with whatever. Um, we feel like you'd really compliment our team here, X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. And then come trade deadline time, when Buffalo's in last place like they are every goddamn year, then he goes, all right, trade me to Boston. Like, I will go to Boston because they're going to win the like, – I'm just – hypothetical, land. They're going to win the President's Trophy again. They're rolling right now. Top line's on fire. Second line is one piece away from being on fire. Send me there. So, like, this is the type of conversation that you have to plant the seed for future negotiations or potential trade deadline ac acquisitions, right? Yeah. So, I just don't understand. That's, it kind of bothered me that he basically was like, no, nah, I'm not even going to talk to this guy. It's like, so what else do you have in mind then? Like, it has to be a trade. There has there has to be somebody lined up for a potential trade that you're going to bring to Boston and fill that role. So, I don't know, man. It's, I don't, I, I don't, I do love what our acquisition at the trade deadline, or at the, I keep saying trade deadline, but at the free agency, <laughs> but it's not. Sorry, man, what month is it, honestly? So. It's not, it. yeah, seriously. It's not going to put us over the edge i don't think yeah um i just sometimes i feel like sweeney sits there and he's got this like he's like my crystal ball will tell me what to do and like i think sometimes this crystal ball just tells him to not do anything yeah <laughs> and and uh I've, I've got a big gut instinct hunch that i don't know we, we got to pull in another name but i don't think i don't know if we will I mean, and you you said you don't even know who's out there to do, but I don't, I, I don't even know who we take a swing at. So, Toffoli okay. sucked. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, your boy Toffoli sucked went to the worst possible place in Montreal. Ugh. So you, they had to have had a conversation with him too, because they're looking at they're looking for top six forward talent. So I think that's the reason that you haven't seen Jake DeBrusque resigned, and that's the reason that you hadn't seen. Grizzlick re-signed up to this point because they just didn't know what was going to happen. And it seems like for some reason, whatever that may be, players don't really want to come here. And I thought that was going to change a bit over the last couple of years, seeing the, you know, they have a young guy like Pasta who... Yeah, I mean, we're old. Like, like, we, you know, there's no hiding the fact that some of our more dominant players are older. But, you know, we, yeah, we got some up-and-comers. Right. And honestly, so, maybe maybe... DeBrusque is like a double-edged sword with that. With like, oh, maybe he's not going to be there as like a young guy. Right. I don't know. All these guys know each other, but I don't know. Well, and I think, you know, so 
let's talk about the Craig Smith thing real quick because he, you know, we got him and he's he's a 20 goal scorer basically every year of his career. Um, probably would have scored more had they not shut down the season and and whatever. I mean, the same type of situation with Pasta. He would have scored 50 plus had this not happened. Um, but he's great. He's a great pickup and a, on a great deal too. Like that's good money for a guy who I really do think is going to thrive with with Charlie Coyle. You think you you you're going to tell me Tory Krug gets uh a 6.5 mil for 7 years and then you're going to tell me Craig Smith doesn't get uh 5 mil a year. Like that's I don't know, it's just pretty it's pretty crazy to me. The man well, the man is like you said to me as soon as we texted about it, he's a goal scoring machine. I mean I don't know. He's he's consistent, and that's the good thing. I but, think he could have got five mil somewhere. I'm glad he took. But three you with have us. to keep you have to keep in mind that, like, yeah, Tory Krug is a offensive like kind of powerhouse on the back end, but it's a de- it's a defenseman thing. That's why they get paid so much money. Yeah. I mean this this deal with Petrangelo is like over eight million dollars a year for seven years. I mean that's just absurd. And yeah, in wasn't hockey, it eight eight or something? Like it's almost it nine, was seven it? seven years at sixty one point six million. So. Okay, insert math, yeah. 8.7 a year? Yeah. Like, so that's a lot of money for for a long term. Like, so, but you have to look at it as, again, same type of thing with goalies. They get big money (coughs) because they're harder to come by, too. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Like, everything is slowly slipping away from us yet again, like it always does. Like, Every trade deadline day, and I know I just said trade deadline, but I meant it this time. So (laughs) (laughs) every year at the trade deadline, I'm like, this guy's available. We're going to go after him, and then he goes to somewhere else. This guy's available. We're going to go after him, and then he goes to another team. They never come here. It's like it's very rare. So I don't know why I expected anything different, but you would think with a team that is on the verge of winning the Cup, they won the President's Trophy, they went to the finals the year before. I mean, they're, they're... a couple pieces away from really dominating the East and walking to the finals. I mean, it's just, I don't understand it, man. Yeah. I don't know if, if Sweeney's trying to like, he goes in and he undercuts them at the beginning or he, he really lowballs them. And they were like, all right, man, I'm out automatically. Like, I don't want to continue negotiation. I don't know what it is, but um, something's got to give here for us to be able to, to kind of go forward because it either needs to be a, a nice trade or I don't know, because you look again, you look at players like Wayne Simmons who went to Montreal or went to Toronto for less money than Montreal had offered him. And because he wanted to go to that team. I mean, I know that he's from Toronto, but like players leave money on the table all the time so that they can go to a team that they want to play for. And Boston doesn't seem to be that place, which is strange to me. Yeah, I wish we got Wayne and Tyler, then, and that's my only takeaway. <laughs> I think that our offense would have been very good with that. Yeah, I think it might have been pushing for top, top offense I, in the league. Yeah, I, I would probably agree. So as long as they – I've said this in the past, and I'm going to say it again right now. As long as they don't get Kovalchuk, I'm good. I thought you were going to say COVID. <laughs> no. As long as they don't get COVID as well. Yeah. Um, well, some one of them's coming, and the other th- the other two didn't. So I think I think that's what's going to happen, Andrew. Unfortunately, I think Kovalchuk's on the way. 
No. One of the shoes has to drop, and the other two went, went to their feet. I mean, on on the other hand, Jumbo Joe is available. Oh, bring it back. <laughs> Fourth liner. We need the locker room head, he's man. Still, he's still an assist machine. Oh. Sell a lot of jerseys, and that's what Jeremy Jacobs cares about. So I bet you he is pushing hard for a return the return of Jumbo Joe. Either that or um, he's like, everyone already owns that jersey. Let's get a new guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, one other quick thing I actually want to mention. I don't know if you heard this, but apparently a lot of teams called on Chara. Interesting. Um, I like to the point where where reporters and insiders were like, Chara might go somewhere else. And I don't see it happening. I think that he needed mean, one retirement. Twenty teams can call on him, but what are they offering? Well, but that's the thing. It's like, what what would it take for him to go somewhere else? Probably too much. It sh- it should take too much too. Like he's gonna move his family for one year. No, to he to go. He is not leaving the North End until he can't walk anymore. Exactly. That man is staying in Boston. I think forever. And that's and maybe that's a hot take, but he seems to love the city of Boston. And like love someone, living right in it, not in like totally. a mansion somewhere outside of it. Love living Dude, in the North End. Somebody posted a picture on on Twitter the other day. They were like, "I'm eating outside in in Boston," and I look over to my right, and they and the picture was Chara riding a scooter, like a razor scooter. Oh my god! <laughs> so I mean, let's be real. He's not going anywhere. He's but not. If somebody, I, I, but, honestly, I I don't. Maybe he'd go and do the year thing. But I could see him being like, guys, if if you trade me, I'm, I'm kind of retired. Like, just, just that don't too, do well, this. No, the, I mean, he's a free agent. This is the first time he's been a free agent in, like, since he came to Boston. Oh, wait, he's a free agent right now. Yeah, that's oh, so why they're teams calling, are calling. They're calling to. Oh, okay, I see. What they're you're calling. Mean. They're not calling Boston. I they're thought they were calling to agent. get money from us. No. Uh, yeah. Well. I, so like, what do you want? Do you go, want us to do something with that? I want us to bring him back on one year. So for how much? say the Bruins go. What for? How much? Say they go, hey, we'll give you we'll give you a mil. I'll max out at a mil and a half, right? Okay. And another team calls, and they're like, hey, we're desperate. We think that you'd fit in really well. We need the leadership. We'll give you two and a half or three mil. I'm, I like this may be crazy talk, and people that are listening are probably like, he's never gonna get three mil. He's washed up. He's done. He can't even skate up and down the ice. Whatever. Say a team does that. Does he take it and does he go there? Um. Here's the thing. And I know we just talked about how Tory Krug would be stupid to leave six million, six and a half million on the table. And listen, we're going to get a little deep here, so let's follow along a little bit. Tory okay. Krug is signing his career contract at this point. Who's to say yep. he's even good at the end of this contract? This is Tory Krug's bag. Totally. Zidane Charas had two or three bags already, and yes. then some re-signings. If anyone can leave $2 million on the table, Zidane Char can leave $2 million on the table. Tory Krug leaving six and a half mil of what could... You don't know... Dude, it's the NHL. He could yeah. not be... He, he, he could... His career could get ended in the middle of that. You know, not to yep. get dark or anything, but that is a financial security for the future that Chara has already had one or two times before. And then some. Right. So, I think... Yeah, I think Chara could say no. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, Unless someone's going to throw him reason, five mil, but I think even then he's going to be like, guys, don't do this. The only reason that I could see him doing it 
is because it's like it would have to be a team that is 100% a cup contender for like the, like there's no reason for him to go to to Detroit, you know? So it'd have to be a cup contender. Right. And so which already says that they the that closes how much money they can even give because they're going to have right. to not give him money because they're giving it to a lot of other people. <laughs> right. So but the other thing that I the only reason I see him doing it is because he's such a family guy and he's like Look, I can either stop playing right now and make no money, or I make an extra three million dollars in one year and then I stop playing hockey. And that helps my family. Not that they don't have enough money. Don't get me wrong, but like it's gotta be hard to, for him as such a guy that like just watching all these documentaries and, and interviews and stuff about him, all he ever wants to do is provide for his family and yeah. and make his family proud and He's going to want to provide for his great-great-grandkids and all this kind yeah, of stuff. And which it's he like, already has, like, honestly. True, but it's like, do I leave that type of money on the table? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I think it's possible. I think it's ultimately up to him. I think he's already provided enough. But I think what I would want to see, and I think what hockey fans everywhere would want to see, and it's not necessarily in a Bruins uniform as much as you and I want it to be, is a Chara farewell tour. I mean... For sure. The whole NHL should see a Tara farewell tour. And I don't think that's a homer take. I mean, the man's a specimen. He's the largest player to ever play in the NHL. He's got the world record for the fastest slap shot, or he did up until recently. Didn't someone just take it? Or Nope, still got it. Yeah, he still got it. So, he, like, you know, I, I think uh, of all the players that get, give little farewell tours, I think Chara, Chara having one would be nice. And, yeah, I hope he can do it on a competitor. I hope he does it in black and gold, but I, I don't know. Me too. If he if listen, it's up to him. Is my my whole point. Yes, I think he should take three million dollars and play somewhere next year if he's given it. But I think he could say no. I think it's 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 totally up to him. He's forty two right. years old. He can go again. It's just do you want to? At this point, I would rather see him either sign one year here with us or sign a another contract with us as some form of coach. Yeah, I get. I mean, get him in the locker room. Like pay him, pay him regardless. But give him make a million him do dollars there, right? Give him two million. I don't give a he shit. He wants to play. I mean, give him two million for ten years to do something as a coach. <laughs> like I'm in. Right. I'm in. I don't know, man. It's interesting. So you know, we still got a few. Hopefully, within the next couple of weeks, we get something coming our way. But um, they are looking to sort of. They say the tentative date for the start of the season is January 1st. Will it happen? They don't know for sure. That's what they're shooting for. You know, fingers crossed at this point. Um, But there is, I do, before we wrap this up, I do want to run by some of these big names um, with you of the players that went to different teams that really it's it's a big shakeup. Yeah, let's do it. Um, So you obviously you have Petrangelo going to the Golden Knights. We have Taylor Hall going to the Sabres, which nobody, again, really saw that coming at first. Um, I'm reading off kind of the big names that are that are switching it up this year. We have Holtby going to the Canucks. Yeah. For two years. Like, I, I didn't see that coming. But, I mean, he's a free agent. I knew that the Capitals weren't going to re-sign him. Um, good for him, I guess. Good. It's great for us because he's a killer and maybe now we'll actually beat Washington. It's great for, uh, you know, it's also great for 
Mr. Uh, I'm sorry, for Vancouver. They, you know, they looked good this year, and that, that was maybe their most uh, notable hole was their goaltending. So, Yeah. Um, Corey Crawford went from the Blackhawks to the Devils after playing there for, like, ever. Um, who else we got here? Wayne Simmons, as we said. Uh, how about the king of absolutely nothing about uh, the king of losing in the playoffs, Henrik Lundqvist, going to the Capitals on a one-year deal? Yep, saw that. That's weird. That's just a weird one. That's what we thought we the Bruins might do in a weird way, but I'm glad he just didn't. Uh, he just can't get enough of that red, white, and blue jersey. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I'm not gonna go somewhere where there's like a different color. Are you crazy? Like I painted my house red, white, and blue. I'm not changing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> psycho. Um, uh, I mean, this that's a that's a big shakeup. So like so is. far, and I I just found a list of who's still available. Okay. Uh, Anybody on there that you are like maybe we should go after them? I okay. Here here's how much money do you have to pay Corey Perry? All right, so. Here's the thing. The Bruins have about 11, maybe 11 and some change in, in cap space. They haven't re-signed DeBrusque, and they haven't re-signed Grizzlick. So those guys, you can probably get it done for, I don't know, let's just say six, which leaves them five. Like, so say you can somehow get $6 million tied up in those two guys in the first year of the contracts because you can backload or whatever it takes. Then you have about $5 million left to pay somebody. Is Corey Perry worth that? No, I don't pay him five, but if he can come for three. I mean, he's 35 years old. You know, he, he, I don't know how much money he's expecting. I don't know how much someone's going to give him. Clearly, they haven't done that yet. Um, But this is the other thing that I'm like kind of – I'm kind of concerned because it's like where do you slot this guy in that doesn't take a spot away from somebody who's more deserving of it? Yeah. My thing is like if we could have got if we could have picked up um Taylor Hall and then I would have been completely fine with the rest of the team and I would have loved to pick up um you know uh, somebody somebody like Matt Martin from the Islanders because and, and toss him on the fourth line with Corrali and Wagner and you have a very tough fourth line because that's the other thing is that a lot of these other teams got a lot bigger too, and they're gonna fight us and they're gonna they're gonna run all over us and it's gonna be what you saw in the playoffs, and that's what we need to stop allowing, as well. I mean that's why another reason why it would have been nice to at least talk to a guy like Petrangelo because if there's potential to get him on the team, he's a big guy, like yeah. he's somebody that you don't want to mess with on the back end. I mean, we need some muscle in here too. Yeah. Well then, let's get Brian Boyle. Let's get Brian Boyle. I'm down for that. Yeah, I'd love to have Brian Boyle. That'd be fun. If you could, if you could get Bufflin over here on like a one, two year deal or something for it to be like a wrecking ball, I'm down with that too. Don't hate that. Honestly, some uh, some ghosts of goaltenders past still available in the free agency for goalie Ryan Miller, Craig Anderson, and Jimmy Howard still available. Oh God, those are highlights ten years, five years ago. <laughs> Who's gonna break a hip first? Uh. Ryan Miller, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know. I thought he retired. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this article goes, Ryan Miller, would be kind of cool if he returned to the Sabres, wouldn't it? Go, go nuts, boys. Um, no, I think Craig Anderson probably breaks his hip first at 39. 
But Ryan Miller's, you know, I think he's prone for it. Um, on this list of 50, 50 available UFAs, number nine is still available, and it's one that's been kind of tossed around a little bit with the Bruins here since Toffoli is signed somewhere, Taylor Hall is signed somewhere. Um, they have Mike Hoffman from the Panthers. Yeah. So I they, wouldn't be opposed. No, I wouldn't either. This article is just saying that they think he's holding out for a big, big paycheck and expecting a lot of money and that he, he's like kind of a guy from the past who would have been overpaid and he's maybe not getting that in the COVID offseason. So, yeah, I mean, maybe if the price drops enough, but uh, right. I, I, he might be outside of that $5 million range even. Well, and, and that's the thing with like with Taylor Hall, the reason that he's chasing the bag and getting this these small contracts is because the salary cap is going to go up. So he right. knows that he's going to get paid. He's going to make bank in a couple of years. And he, like this is why he's doing it. He's like, I'm going to go to the Sabres and I'm going to play with Jack Eichel, one of the best players in the league, see what happens. And yeah, if I mean, it goes what is really he, well, Taylor Hall. Yeah. So he's got to be some something. No, he, I I think he's old older. Is he? He's twenty eight. Yeah. Oh well, he's my he's. Uh, my I mean, he's still young. Don't get me wrong. I mean, no, he's totally. Gonna, he's, no, he's but like, yeah, for it's smart years. to it's smart to get that paycheck when you're thirty. Yeah, it's better than the one at thirty one or thirty two. Right. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe by this next episode, we'll have some better news on on something. I mean, it feels like. I mean, don't that that one signing. Um, was great. Getting Craig Smith is going to be awesome this year. Um, it's just about fulfilling that spot on the second line. I mean, DeBrusque is great, but he's not cutting it. Yeah. And maybe he's great with Coyle and Smith on that third line, and then we get a real set, like a, a real top six forward for Krejci. And if you put a really good player with Krejci, good things happen. I mean, we've seen it in the past. He's He's very good at making things happen. So, as long as it's not Kovalchuk, I'm good. Yeah, well, don't hold your breath, bud. Let's see. <laughs> uh, oh, let's not forget, because I, I said let's talk about this before we wrap this up, but one other thing, actually, this will be the, the end. Uh, there's a stretched, there's some stretched news, actually. Yeah. The uh, So, go ahead. They're dropping their it. first, uh, I, think it's, I think it's an EP. Right? I think so, too. I think it's an EP, yeah. They're dropping their first set of songs packaged together in a vinyl CD or cassette form. I don't know if they're pressing them that way, but it'll be available on Spotify on Friday or Spotify or wherever you get your music. Stretch CP elucidated. Very excited for that. Yeah. And, uh, we're, I think we'll get those boys on at some point and just talk some music. We've got more music guests on the way for you guys, more all sorts of guests, more TV comedy, whatever. And then hopefully more yeah. athletes too. We're we're lobbing out. Maybe we can get some more bloggers on here and everything. But yeah, it's good. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good end of this weird year, and then a better launch into whatever the hell next one brings. Yeah, right. Yeah, we definitely have some fun things in the pipeline, and I would love to have those stretch guys on and talk to them and and um, you know see how people are receiving the new record because I know I've really been looking forward to it and hearing those other songs and. You know, every music video they put out is great. So for those of you who haven't listened to them, aside from the intro to this this episode or every episode, definitely check them out. Um, we love those guys, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, they've been kicking off every episode Infinity, baby. 
Yep. And every episode, infinity moving forward. Yep. In- infinitely <laughs> stretched. <laughs> so we will let Stretch play us out, and you guys will go check them out after this um, is over, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. All right. We're kicking it to Stretch. Watch too many movies.